Hello, and welcome to the Chronic Revolution, a podcast where we introduce our knowledge and awareness to topics related to chronic illness, special needs, and everything in between. Hello, and welcome to episode number two, The Devastation of a Diagnosis. Diagnosis. I'm Carrie. And I'm Haley. And we want to welcome you. So Haley, we want to talk about the devastation of a diagnosis, and I know that we tried to record this previously, <laughs> we did, but we got too into our story and not into what we set out to do. Right. So let's get into it. The, okay. The diagnosis, whatever that be. So with all of your diagnosis, go back in time and try to remember how you felt let's say in 2013 14 when your um episodes first came back of your diagnosis how did you feel how did that make you feel um it made me feel a lot of things but when i relapsed it's actually 2012 and 2013 sorry but i was you're fine but i was 11 and 12 Um, so at that point, I feel like I didn't really grasp the reality of it too much. Like I had the knowledge of, oh, I can't just go places if I want to. I have to really, really make it work for me and spend a little bit of time there only to save energy. So I don't remember an exact moment where I felt anything because I started to get used to it. But in 2016 with my health went downwards and I was diagnosed with what four five things in a matter of six months yeah that was tough because I was mourning over who I was who I would no longer be I was mourning that I couldn't eat that I couldn't sit up that I couldn't go anywhere so the devastation of a diagnosis is intense because most often when you get a diagnosis it's lifelong and it's not easy well, I to think get it through. Just, I think it just depends on the diagnosis. True, what it, it does. Is. And I think for me as a parent, I really felt at first, I'm not going to lie, I was in disbelief and kind of a little bit of denial. I was in denial at first with whatever my kids were diagnosed with because I have three special needs kids. So I was in denial. I kept thinking, maybe it wasn't really that bad, or maybe it was going to get better. Maybe it wasn't lifelong, or maybe it wasn't this. But at first, my first initial reaction was denial. And um, I think that's completely normal, don't you? It is. It's completely normal for the patient themselves, because I honestly have been in denial for a very long time in the past when it comes to my health. So Denial is such a big thing, but at the same time, it's such a typical, I don't think typical is the right word, but just a normal response to the situations you face with a diagnosis. Absolutely. I think that it is a normal response. And um, so you should never feel guilty about being Mm -hmm. in denial. It's just not living there. Like you can't live and be the queen of denial. Mm -hmm. You have to... um, really understand your diagnosis and move forwards whatever that diagnosis may be it doesn't um, matter the diagnosis and then I think the next step is um, is not acceptance but just kind of panic 
like you kind of panic or I did at least like, oh my gosh, once I understood what these meant, now I'm in action mode. I'm in digging in and figuring out what I can do, where I can go, doing hours and hours and hours of Google searches and trying to figure out what in the world we were going to do and where we were going to go, um, researching doctors. So just on the road to figuring out what's going on and hopeful recovery. And I mm -hmm. think that that's also, you know, normal is that you feel like you have to do something, or at least I did. I felt like I was so out of control of what the diagnosis was. And so I needed to do something. I needed to jump into action. And for me, that meant looking into doctors, you know, researching the conditions. Was there any medication? Was there any therapy? Was there anything that was going to help? And, you know, that, that part of it lasted for years, years of me trying to figure out what, where I was going to go, how I was going to make you better, how I was going to make your brothers better. I think that that is also where a lot of people hang out is in the action phase of, a, of the devastation of the diagnosis. Like what, what can I do? And for some diagnoses, there is a lot you can do. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for some, like what Haley has, there's not very much you can do. There's not, I mean, there is things to make her quality of life better. Um, to prolong the symptoms. To prolong symptoms. the symptoms, but there is no cure, which moves me into our the next phase, which is acceptance. Actually, before that is blaming. Oh, yes. Before that is blaming. So I think it's important to say this because I want to stress that the, this is a completely normal emotion, too, when you're going through something as big and life-changing as a diagnosis. Oftentimes, you feel like you need to blame yourself. You need to blame doctors. You need to blame God or this or that. But at the end of the day, like my mom was saying, right as we go into it, the topic of acceptance, it's not there forever. Right. And blaming, you know, a lot of a lot of people get stuck, especially um, parents, of wanting to blame each other because you want to place blame on something or someone. And you can't do that. That's why a lot of marriages, that's a very high statistic of marriages that end in divorce that have special needs children. And there is no one to blame. And that's mm -hmm. really hard to come to that acceptance that there is no one to blame. There's no one to blame. So move on. And blaming is part of the patient's, your loved one's journey too. Every Absolutely. stage we have taken or talked about, sorry, involves the caretaker and the patient. Absolutely. And um, I think that some people get into blaming the patient sometimes or the doctor mm -hmm. or if I wouldn't have done this, this wouldn't have happened. And you have to come to a point, or I did at least for my sanity, was to come to a point there is no one to blame, so we need to move on, and that is where you find yourself in acceptance. And acceptance doesn't mean that you're accepting the fate of your child or you're accepting the fate of your loved one or yourself. It just means I'm accepting the fact 
that I will have this diagnosis, but I can still live my life and I could still live a happy, productive life with whatever this diagnosis is. And that's what we've chosen to do as a family with each one of us. We just, as hard and terrifying these diagnoses are, we don't let them control every aspect of our lives to where we won't be able to experience anything fun. That is true. You just have to to come to a point where you're like, okay, this is what it is. This is how we have to live. Um, you know, when we go places, it's I always call it our traveling circus because mm-hmm. we have a million bags and things that we have to take with us like when we travel in order to... IV supplies, medical supplies, medications. In order to um, have a good time and have, you know, quality of life. But it it is what it is. And it's okay. And you can live your life with whatever diagnosis God has given you. It doesn't mean that your life stops. It doesn't mean that you have to not enjoy life if you have a child with autism. It doesn't mean that they can't have a full quality, beautiful life. It just means that you will have a different life. And that doesn't mean different doesn't mean bad. It just means different. And it's just like I heard someone describe it once. When you have a diagnosis, whatever that is, is like you're on a trip. Like when you're pregnant with a child and you get a a diagnosis of some kind. And you're on this trip and everybody else is on this trip with you. And you're supposed to be going to Switzerland. And... You pack up and get all ready to go to Switzerland, and when your child's born and they have this chromosomal defect or like what Haley has, mitochondrial disease, then you're suddenly thrown yourself and you're you're now in Japan. Well, you didn't plan to go to Japan. You didn't pack to go to Japan. You didn't study the language to go to Japan, but you're in Japan, so you better figure it out. And that's that's what it's like to have a child with a... Uh, chronic illness or any kind of diagnosis right and so just realize you will figure it out you'll still have a beautiful life and whatever that diagnosis may be but it is devastating it is and just take the time to really recognize where you're at on that journey whether that be at the beginning of being in denial or being in the blame game or being in the action game or acceptance be in the moment with that and realize that it's okay and, and you're, what you're going through is completely normal. I agree with that. Well, thank you for listening and we hope that you tune in next time where I promise there'll be a longer podcast and more information. And if you have any suggestions, please feel free to leave it on our for social media. On Our Instagram account is called Chronic Rev Official. And our Twitter account is called Chronic Rev. And then our Facebook page is just The Chronic Revolution. So thank you. Have a wonderful week. And we will see See you you next time. time. See you. See you. Okay. Talk to you you next next time. time.